Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, yes, people. Afternoon. Welcome back to another New Spurs Order episode. Actually, probably not afternoon, morning, evening, um, whatever time it is when you're listening or watching this. Welcome back to another episode of the NSO pod. Ugh, different cast composition today. Um, the usual, the regular, Scott Hall. What are you saying, bro? How are you? You know what? It's been a while. Um that have been consistent on the pod. The fans have been crying. You know, they're like, they don't want to see Toy Bjerg's face on a regular basis. <laughs> this <laughs> name is dire, ugly death. Where have you plugged this, this? This Where have you found this stupid name, bro? It pisses me off. <laughs> how, how, can it, how can it be a stupid name when it's a name combined with your name and your favourite player? Yeah? yeah? All I've done is just marry them up together. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand why. Why are we beefing here? That's that's your guy. <laughs> nah, he's not my guy. He's not my guy. He's not. Oh, my so guy. now you've turned on him. Okay, look. No, no, I, I haven't turned on him. He's not. Do you get what I'm saying? He's my boy. Isn't it? He's not my guy. Yeah. Where's this relationship going between you and him? One minute you're you're, you're off. Next minute you're on. Make it up, bro. All I'm saying is the fans are happy to see me back, and I'm happy to see them back because I'm trying to educate them to calm themselves down. Then I'm back, baby. Welcome back, bro. And uh, welcome back to Ash. We're still waiting on your name, bro. You we're still waiting on your pod name. You still haven't locked it in. He's not locked it in. He never puts on his on his on his uh, it hasn't been decided. I I haven't I haven't really thought of it too. Ash, don't let me go back into the chat because if I find it, you better you better put it in there. If I find it, you man suggested some 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 guy. I don't even know who he is. I swear we gave you a name. 
Well, I, but I don't know who the guy is. Who? Who do we suggest? I, I can't remember. I can't remember the name, but it's some someone I don't know. Mm. Interesting, right. bro. Nevertheless, welcome back, bro. It's good to have you back. Listen, it's good to be back, man. We're actually previewing a game, which is something we couldn't do in the previous pod we did last week. Um, yeah, man. Uh, Spurs obviously were playing Crystal Palace uh, this weekend, but I feel like we may as well touch through some of the things that have cropped up out of the woodwork over the course of the week. I think the most recent thing that we can talk about, though, is this LFA award, or these LFA awards, sorry, because we were discussing this in the chat the other day, literally um, just last night when the news broke, and we couldn't even figure out the criteria. Well, I couldn't figure out the criteria. So, Ash, you, you actually had a bit more insight on this one. So talk us through when, when, when like, what, what, what time range do they actually use to, to decide like who wins the the award for like manager of the year, goalkeeper of the year, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's for me, it's like it says manager of the year. So for me, it surely is based on twenty twenty three. I don't know because if it's based on twenty twenty three, then no, it, it can't be based on three months. I think it's based from the season. I think it's based from the season. I'll be real. Yeah, from the, 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 the season, the season we're 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 just over about. Um, Probably what is it? Two thirds, just like, like over halfway. In. Like you can't, you can't really I don't think, do yeah, that. I don't, much. I don't think it's this season. You can't, you can't really do like you know, a, a season awards yet. It's it's way too early, bro. I agree. I fully agree. But that's I think it's, that's, I think it's that's for one twenty twenty three, and I also think if that's the case, then it makes more sense as to why, um, Ange won because of his Celtic exploits. Yeah, but then it's like no, but, but it, it says London, London. Yeah, but he's he's joined the London club. It's not his fault. And you know what? Some uh, in another WhatsApp group I'm in, someone sent the uh, like the the, the the list of the nominees, mm. and it had um, their achievements next to their names. Now for Andrew's achievement, it said something along the lines of plays exciting and no. attacking football. That's I'm gonna I'm gonna Google this now, right? But I, I've way for the listeners to give you a bit of background. So, the London Football Awards were held last night, so uh, uh, February the 29th of yeah, February the 29th, and at the London Football Awards, Spurs picked up two awards. So, Ange Postecoglou was was given the Manager of the Year award, and um, Guillermo uh, Vicario picked up the the Goalkeeper of the Year award. Obviously, um, the former created a lot of noise and created a lot of chat on Twitter because there were some who were really happy for Ange, but I think the majority of us, me included, were just scratching our heads as to, okay, yes, great for Ange, but how has he won this award? I don't so, think Ange really cares, bro. I don't he think didn't. he cares. He didn't. He didn't at all. Like He's even this is some any award. Like even um, even when he did his press conference, he was like. He was like, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm. It's odd. He basically he called it odd. He said, "I'm shocked." To be honest, like it was a bit. I found it a bit odd. So he wasn't even expecting um, the award, right? But I'm glad about what he said afterwards, which was about the whole fact that like we're we're nowhere we're nowhere near. He literally said, "Spurs are nowhere near 
what he wants the team to look like. And we've got many, we've got many, many years to sort of mold into the team that he wants. And we've got a lot of work to do. So at the very least, we can count on Ange Postacoglu to be grounded, not just about his job that he's done as Spurs manager, but where he wants this team to be. And I think that's what we want to hear as fans. But yeah, I'm, I'm interested to get your, your thoughts on, on, on Ange picking up that award. I think it's a stupid award. Like, I don't understand the whole, the whole concept of it. You know, like, they haven't... I just think it's a stupid award, bruv. Like, what are we doing here? Uh, it's just dumb. If it is for the season and, you know, they're talking about 2023, all right, cool, whatever, isn't it? But if it's just for this actual season, 2024, 2023 going into 2024, it don't make no sense. If you want my honest opinion, for a London-based um, club, it should have gone to Arteta. I agree. I think it should have gone David. I, I think if we're basing it on 2023, I think it should have gone David Moyes. If it's just on 2023, nah, it still has to go to nah. I'll text me. Sorry. Yeah, I'm still, yeah, I don't I don't really care. Like, no, because like, like no, because then you're just giving it to them for like, oh, you know, because you were yeah. you didn't expect anything from you and you got something. Nah, it's really and truly should be what you've done in the league. Cup games are just you know additional. I, I hear it, I, I hear what you're saying. And and I, I I hear what you're saying, but he has won West Ham their first trophy in God knows how long. He did, in all he, my did. Life. he did, but he won it. He won it in the third tier European competition. And nobody right? cares for it. And we, 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 he won it in the third tier European competition, where West Ham were probably one of the strongest teams. Now, not trying to take anything away from him because they still played and knocked out teams that that were on. That they shouldn't have. Exactly, that we're on an either equal or higher footing than West Ham. But ultimately, what Arteta did last year, I can't believe we're doing flipping Arsenal prop on a Spurs pod, but what Arteta did last year, gazumps what he did, in my opinion. And what Arteta's done this season, gazumps what Ange's done. So really and truly, it's a head-scratcher as to how Ange's won that. But we'll, we'll take it nevertheless, and we can let the, the Arsenal fans get themselves rattled and, 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 and twisted up into a bunch about that. But... Lads, talk to but me about Mario. For me, it's like the media just need to stop doing this now, man. Like, we know why he's won it. He's won it because he's the most media-friendly guy, right? Everyone loves him, right? He talks well. He, do you know what I mean? The Glazing well, has got us. You know what? Speak on it more. Speak on it more. Because I, I do also... <laughs> I do also hear this as well. Like, I, I really do. Like, I love Ange, but I also feel like people... No, this, is, this isn't like, this is, this is this is, yeah, the media just embarrassed him, bro. Like the constant glazing over this guy. Let him, let him just, let him cook. Let him try do his thing. Like stop putting like there's so much like hype thrown on him from the media, and like we know how it's gonna like we know what they're, they're how they how they're gonna how, how they're gonna kind of play this out. They're gonna create this hype and be like, oh, he's won these awards. It's like, well, no, you've given him these awards. You're putting this expectation on him now. But the reality is. He's come, this is his first job in a serious league, right? So I think people just need to relax. He's done a decent job so far and just let him cook. And like, yeah, this constant media nonsense, it's just been, it's embarrassing, bro, honestly, man. Yeah, man. It's, 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 it's uh, what Ash said is, is actually quite rude. You know, like there is a, there is this perception, which is fine. You know, I guess it is football in general. I'm not, I'm not trying to be harsh towards him, but. No, no, not not towards Ange. I know you're not being harsh towards Ange, but there's this serious perception in football, you know, that if it's not done in Europe, 
or in one of the say top five European leagues, then it, you, nothing you've really done elsewhere can be considered quite serious. And I, I understand that because of the way football has gone over the last 20 years or so. But essentially, some of the best managers came from the leagues that we consider to be the weakest. You know, Ferguson came from Scotland, even though Aberdeen had quite quite some pedigree. It was considered a strong... It's never been considered a strong league. Flipping Arsene Wenger came from Japan. You know, the, like these, some of these... these what, like, what, I, what I mean is I, I don't want to like rub out his achievements because that, that's, that's him, in it. But what I'm saying is is that this is the first, like, league where it's a different kettle of fish compared to what he's used to. Yeah, that's true. That's very but true. But, yeah, what he's achieved is... what. what listen, I, I don't really know too much in... The, like, obviously, the, the biggest one that stands out for me is the, the winning the Asia Games of Australia, right? Mm. Which I, I'm pretty sure that's their only ever um, trophy that they've won. International so, yeah, trophy. that one stands out for me. Um, but, yeah, man. I think the media just needs to get off, just lay off a little bit. Yeah, I, I think I think the, the the point about like the build up that's the one that resonates with me the most, and I've mentioned that on my channel, and I've mentioned that on here before. So I hate when the media do that because you can all you can see the nasty work at play. They're gonna they're gonna give they're gonna get they'll give people unnecessary clout and awards, and and they'll prop you up for doing. The bare minimum in the some bare minimum. And, and you know what? People, and they'll use people, it and beat you down when you go through a rough patch because you yeah, saw that's it. What they'll, do. they'll build you up to beat you down. Yeah. They do that with, with all sports, to be fair. You know, no, they do. That's that's just the media in general, isn't it? Yeah, that's they're they're a nasty bunch of work. Mm. Mm. But anyway, um, let's let's talk on um Vicario's one before we move on to some of the other talking points. Vicario one goalkeeper of the year. You know what this one I'm like mm, I don't again I don't really know the criteria but whatever the criteria is let me have that. let me have that he's better yeah. than both of them both Ariola and uh, what's his name Ramsdale he's been better than Raya this season he's been better than Ariola he's been better than Flecken he's been better than he's um, better, been better than Ramsdale last season yeah 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 and Ramsdale won that one was a no brainer for me so yeah man yeah. Yeah. You know what's funny? I saw I saw on Twitter, innit? Um, some guy posted that uh a while ago some lady came into you know the number eight pub, yeah. Um, oh yeah, I saw this. Go on, go on. <laughs> I saw this. Yeah, some 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 guy just posted um so I, th I think it was a while ago during one game, he was like some woman came up came up to us saying that she was Vicario's mum. And obviously mm. people saw the photo at the awards ceremony with his parents. I, I believe it was his mum and dad. Yeah. And then they quote, they quote tweet it, and then they were, and obviously in their head they're thinking, shit, that was actually his mum. <laughs> <laughs> she looked like she was, she looked like she was waved. I can't lie. Yeah, she did, she did, she did. She, she, she looked like she was having a good time at the number eight, man. But anyway, um, <laughs> big up to Vicario as well, man. He deserved that. I think he's, we, if anything, I, I'll be real. We've because of the way we've defended in recent weeks and months, to be fair, we've given him a bit, a bit too much work to have to get through in a lot of these games. But big up to him anyway. He's been fantastic for us. Um, you know what? It's mad, like, bro, you never know who's around you. Like, you know, like, when man are just, like, ripping into Brendan Johnson's, a lot of Johnson, this, that, that. Bro, like, imagine if it's, like, <laughs> that is brother, his brother, his sibling, right. or his dad is, like, around. <laughs> <laughs> Giving them hell, you know. <laughs> 
<laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Here's, here's a scenario. Here's a scenario. Can you imagine Werner's brother or mum even chilling in any sort of any sort of congregation of Spurs fans? I... And, about Werner. Oh. Bro, do you know what I saw the other day? Yeah, I can't remember what I can't remember what away game it was, but they uh, they panned the camera, um, and um, I saw it, I, I saw it on Twitter. It was the Forest fans that realised that Brennan Johnson's dad was in the away fans was in the away stand and he had a Spurs scarf on. So I, it, it just makes me think like. You know, like sometimes you're just at a game and you're just in the stand, just slating a player like you shit, bro. Yeah. Like his dad could be right behind you. It's true. It's true. It's true right? Real insults. It's true. Fans, fans are tribal anyway, man. But it's football, man. Unfortunately, sometimes it's a bit too harsh, but it's football. Um, speaking, speaking of football, let's let's get back onto our team, man. Because obviously, Crystal Palace this weekend, Glasnow ball. We saw it last week. They beat. Burnley, not really going to hype that up too much. Burnley were down to 10 men and Burnley have been, quite frankly, an apology of a Premier League side this season. Uh, imposters, absolute imposters. But nevertheless, they're coming to our ground with a bit of renewed optimism. Eze's back fit, new manager in the dugout, and he starts his first game off with a with a 3-0 win and a clean sheet. So they're, 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 they're going to be buoyant. But I feel like in my opinion, this has to be business and business as usual for Spurs. Um, I don't know where 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 your heads are at in terms of this fixture. Like, are you are you nervous or are you confident? Like, speak to me. Yeah, you go first. You go first. I don't understand what, where this nervousness has crept in. You know, like I I get it. Yeah, the um, you know, there's gonna we've had problems this season. You know, and we've obviously created some of our own problems. But essentially, we're at home. We beat them at their ground. You know, with we, I swear when we beat them at their, our, their ground, we had problems leading into that game. And we still got the job done. And we look quite comfortable with it. We're at home. There's no reason to really be panicking. We should really be quite, you know, confident that we're going to get the job done. Uh, the only problem I have here, yeah, is, you know, people talking about, you know, the whole new manager bouts and all that kind of stuff, which, all right, cool, makes sense. But it's not happened like we're going to their ground and it's new manager bounce. It's like we are at home. Yeah, flipping like have some pride. We'll get the job done. Mm. Ash, where do you stand on this? Do you know what is you know like with new managers and that you just you never know what like what to expect. Obviously the, there's that phrase new manager bounce, yeah, but bro, like for me, we we're at home, we have Bro, like we haven't had we we need to have a convincing win, and I'm looking at this game, thinking like these players need to need to step up. Yeah, they do. They do. Uh, Am I nervous in in the sense that I don't think we're gonna lose, but am I confident that we're gonna win? I don't know. I honestly don't know. The thing is, bro. The thing is, like the way I look at our games, I I don't know if, if we're gonna turn up or not. Like the last couple home games, Wolves, Wolves was Wolves, didn't turn up. Brighton didn't really turn up. So you never really know, bro. I just I I'm going into games these days not knowing what not knowing what Spurs I'm going to expect. So I can understand why you say that, but I can't lie. I I don't agree in terms of like not knowing what Spurs to to expect. And 
it's it's a shame because I think the teams the team's fluency in the last, I would say over the last two months has contributed to that. So I don't think you're just making it up out of thin air. I think we've actually seen visibly the team go through there's, spells. There's reasons like, for it, yeah. Yeah, of course absolutely. yeah, no, no, I agree, I agree. And even the, fast, even the fast starts as well, we're not really seeing. I would say the last probably two or three games, we've not, really, we've not even really seen the fast starts. So um, I, get, I get why you're saying that, but I mean, Crystal Palace at home. No, yeah, no, don't don't get twisted. Like obviously we're we're better than them in all, all all over the park, but it, it's it, it's the the onus is on the onus is on us. It's like okay, you're better, but you have to go there and you have to out outperform them and you have to win. Absolutely, and and I think we will. I think we will, man. And let me just give you some some stats as well. So, Crystal Palace, yeah, Crystal Palace have scored one goal at our ground. In the last nine years, they've come to this ground in the league. Why, why do you have to mention that now? No, I'm just mentioning it now. So because I was doing, I was doing some, some some reading, right? They scored what? Sorry, they've only scored once in the last nine years. They've played us at our ground. That's insane. In the, in the league, they've only scored once, right? They've lost eight games straight at our ground, right? They've lost eight games straight at our ground. Um, they've not beaten us in the league in God knows how long. Um, I'm and looking at the last one that they beat us was the um, Nuno 3 0 at their ground. Yeah, that's their ground. I'm talking strictly, strictly at our ground. Strictly okay. at our ground. Their ground is different, different story. At our ground, um, at our ground is, is is peak for them. Their record against us at, when they come to our ground is is super duper peak. Long may but, it continue. Yeah, honestly, long long may it continue, man. Um, yeah, man, I'm just looking at this and I feel like, to your point, Ash, we're definitely going to have to take the game to Crystal Palace. And I think I think we will. Let's be real. We know what type of Palace side will set up at our ground. Obviously, it's not Roy Hodgson, but we played a Glasner side last season. Frankfurt. Was he not managing Frankfurt last season? We played a Glass. I'm, I'm pretty sure he was when they came to our when they came to our ground and they lost 3-2. He came to our ground last year. He would, they were getting peppered in the first half. The minute they go down to 10 men in the second half, all of a sudden we stop playing and invite waves and waves of pressure. But I'll be real, man. I'm looking at the players we have available, Madison, Sun. We'll talk on the players, of course, that are missing. But for the players that are fit, Madison, Sun, Saar, um, Romero, Van de Ven, um, Basuma, like there's Lacelso. Uh, Kulisevsky, like there's, sorry, like there, there is absolutely no excuse that Spurs have to not get three points against Crystal Palace this upcoming weekend. Bro, forget three points, man. I'm, I'm dying for a convincing win, bro. Like I'm dying, I'm dying for a three nil, three one, four one. Like it's been, it's been, it's been too long, man. We need to get, we need to get a convincing win. Even Madison said it the other day. He said we're dying for a three nil win. I'm dying for a three nil win. I'm dying for a clean sheet. I hear you. We need to I think, like. I think it's more. I think it's more people wanting a clean sheet because, in terms of convincing victories, I've said it in the group. I'm quite. I'm quite buoyant on the fact that you know when we beat Brentford, outside of the problems we created ourselves, I weren't worried about that game. So for me, it's like, all right, cool. I hear what everyone's saying, but 
I feel like some people are just being too harsh, you know, and expecting things. Like, there has been a crazy load of disruption this season. Like, actually stupid amounts of disruption this season. So, I'm just like, all right, cool, let's take our time, innit, and get, get back to, like, I guess what we were in the beginning of the season, because that's probably the only time when people weren't trying to in, inadvertently cuss us. Also, I want to see, I want to see certain strong individual performances from certain players. Let's, Madison, let's, let's talk on that. Let's talk on that. Yeah, Go Madison. I, I, you know, I want to start seeing these guys come back into form. Madison's one of them. Basuma's one of them. Uh, Benton Court, if he plays, is one of them. Um, so yeah, it, it would be nice to see some of these guys, you know, getting back into, getting back into form. I would say Son as well. Son as well. Obviously, since he's come back, he's not. So I know he's only played twice, but he's not scored in two appearances. So we want to see him get back to scoring ways as well. Um, I'm, I'm. To be fair, I'm actually siding. I'll, I'll, I'll be real. I'm siding with with Ash on this one. I really want to see like a, and I'm not just saying convincing in terms of creating chances. I'm saying I want to see a convincing game in terms of dominance. Like I don't want to see us give. Crystal Palace much like and I know it goes without saying that with the way we play we're inevitably going to have opportunities where they or they're going to have opportunities on the counter but I mean territorial advantage um camp in their box I want to see like over 20 attempts at their goal like I actually want to see us pepper pepper Crystal Palace like I, I need to we see need like a, a, a performance to you know get everyone's kind of confidence confidence going you need that kind of, do you know what I mean? And um, I, I fully agree with the players that you mentioned as well that need to pick up form. Basuma is the key one for me. I think Definitely. he's 100%. the key. Go on, you, know, you wanted to, you wanted to speak on this. Yeah, because like the problem with Basuma is like we spoke about it in the last pod, um, so it's nothing new. But one of the biggest issues that I've had with him is, well, he had a poor game against Luton got sent off, so didn't play in the uh, Chelsea game. Um, then comes back, you know, doesn't really perform, uh, gets sent off again, but this time, you know, misses, you know, X amount of games or whatever. I think it was one extra game. Comes back into the team, poor performances again. <laughs> then gets a, a straight red, yeah, which meant to a, a four-game ban, and then comes back, what, the Brighton game, if I'm sure? Like, and it's, we just haven't seen, we haven't seen what we saw from him in the first nine games since the 10th, well, since, yeah, the ninth game of the season. We're in game week 27. That's a long time to be out of form. Even if you take away the suspensions, that's a very long time to not give us any sort of confidence. He needs, for the last, what, 11, 12 games of this season, he needs to go absolutely ballistic because it's like, it's actually, it's hard to defend now. Now people are going to be looking at him being like, all right, yeah, cool. Yeah, when you're on job, you're a great number six. Yeah, but when you're not, sod that. We That people really want a destroyer. You know, somebody who's just going to be reliable. And that's what he's not been. You have he's to be reliable. reliable. You have to be reliable. 100. And you 100. know what? I, I don't, I, I, I think I might, I don't know if I said it on this pod or not, uh, or, or in another uh, group chat, but um, I, I remember um, when we signed Basuma all them years ago, right? And one of my one of my good mates is a Brighton fan, and he was telling me 
he was telling me like, because obviously everyone was gassed and excited and I was gassed when we signed him. And he was telling me, he was like, bro, like the Basuma that you, because let's, I'll be honest, I wasn't watching every Brighton game, right? I wasn't really watching him like that. I was just watching the odd game, you know, like when Brighton are playing a big team here and there, right? So for mm. me, he was, he, I considered him a, a top player in the league. And he was telling me, he was like, bro, he has serious consistency problems. And he says that he'll go through periods where he'll have great, great spells. And then he just, and then he says he'll go through periods where it's just like, it's chalk and cheese. Like it's a complete contrast of the player that he's shown. And he said he's got consistency problems. And then he says, he then starts to, become, my, mate, my mate was saying he starts to have this real casualness to his game. Where he just starts yeah. playing the game real casually, like you, you feel that he's not, 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 not really getting into games, and and I, I, I just like let it go. I was just like, yeah, whatever. Like you're Brighton, do you know what I mean, it's different level, right? Now I actually, I, I was even saying to him the other week, I was like, now I actually get what you're saying, and he was like, this is, a, he was saying to me, he's like, this is what I was trying to tell you, but you didn't want to listen. So now I get where he's coming from. Yeah, now true. I get where he's coming from. So we got to see, but for me. I, I agree with what y'all said. For me, Basuma for the next, what is it, 11 games left? 11, 12, 13, something like that? Yes. Mm. Whatever, for whatever games is left, there cannot be no more sending loss, yeah? And he has to, he has to finish the season strong because at the end of the day, right. if he does if he doesn't, right, if he finishes the season, you know, kind of casualness and, and whatnot, then obviously we can't decide, but I would... I would be questioning him being on number six next season if he finishes the season in the same in the same form. You mean like starting number six? Yeah. Basically. No, I, to be honest, I, I think it's fair, man. I actually think it's fair, honestly. I really do, because as much as I love Basuma, we're gonna be in we're gonna be playing more than one game a week next year. And it, for whatever, whether it's form, whether it's sending offs, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, like nobody can doubt his his ability. Nobody can doubt what he brings Tottenham. But the problem is when you're not dependable, it becomes an issue for Spurs. And if you are meant to be one of our key players and you can't show us that you can be dependable, then it means that we're going to have to go into the market and, and get someone else who can either give him a kick up the backside or take his spot. And me personally, even if Basuma finishes strongly, we should be looking to, to reinvest into that position. Personally. I agree. I agree. That's, that's, the, that's your only, that's the only way we can start bridging the gap to, yeah, bridging the gap to the, to the teams ahead of us. Like imagine having a player like Basuma who isn't even, his place in the team isn't even guaranteed. Like, and he's a quality player and his place in the team is not guaranteed. Like that's, that's what, that's what makes great squads. That's what makes great and the, and the thing is, yeah, I, I've stressed this before of the the importance of that position. Like when you play the way we play, that position is so important. So yeah. that player needs to be at it. And obviously, it comes down to what we want the team is irrelevant, right? Because we know and just come out and said that he wants this team to be winning things. He wants his team to be challenging at the highest level, right? So you need to have players, especially in, in, in especially in these important positions, that are going to allow you to do that. So I'm looking mm. at Basuma thinking, if you continue the season like this, and uh, and next season this is what we want to be doing in terms of in terms of challenging, I, I'm looking at him thinking, are you the guy that's going to help us do that? Fair, it's fair. Honestly, uh, it's fair. 
it's actually fair. Um, Madison, he's another one. Needs to, needs to get. But obviously, you know, he come back from injury, so I'm not getting onto him too much. But it, it would be nice to see him kind of, you know, slowly start to to show signs of that that early form that he was in in the season. I think he. I'm not gonna lie. I think he has shown signs. I, like I think Brentford, he, he had a good game against Brentford. I thought people were harsh on him with the Brentford game. I thought he played, especially that second half. I thought he played. Well. I thought he played well. But I, think, yeah, I get off, Everton was so so. Wolves was Wolves was just uh, Wolves was his best. Huh? Wolves was his worst game in the Spurs shirt. Everyone was poor in that game. Everyone, right? There was maybe one or two, uh, one or two good performances in the Wolves game, right? So yeah, those those are the two main ones for me. Benton Core, if he plays, obviously with him, he's coming back from two serious an ACL than an ankle ligament tear. So for him, obviously it's. Um, it's more more so, you know, just Riven. keep keep yourself fit, and then we'll see next season. Mm. Yeah, man. I think a lot, of, a lot, of, a lot of players they were were looking at a lot of players to play like they got a point to prove in this running as well. And I think I think players will will start to 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 pick up in terms of like not even just like playing well, but like the best version of themselves. I think a, a name that we've we've not mentioned. It's Kulisevsky. I know he scored against Wolves, but he's been awful, in my opinion, over the last the last couple of weeks. I think he's been really, really bad. So he's another one that we're looking for their form to sort of pick up. Um, but let's 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 move on to the players that aren't going to play, right? And uh, we need to try and understand where that leaves us in terms of how we set this team up. So um, looking at the news that's obviously dropped today. And just confirmed that Richarlison is going to be out for the next three weeks minimum. Who would have thought that this would be a blow for Spurs? But it is a blow for Spurs. <laughs> so Richarlison is injured. Um, where does that sort of leave you guys then in terms of the front three and who should start? So, yeah, I want to get your thoughts here. What does the Richarlison injury mean for us over the next couple of weeks, knowing that we have Aston Villa? Um, Aston Villa, let me even see. Aston Villa, Fulham. Um, one second. Yeah, Aston Villa, obviously Crystal Palace this weekend, Aston Villa, Luton at home and Fulham away. These are potential games he could miss. Where does that leave us as a team in terms of how we go about approaching the game and which front three would you go with to start? Not just against Crystal Palace, but which front three would you prefer to see for the foreseeable until he's back? Give me give me the run through again. So it's Crystal Palace at home, Aston Villa away. So Crystal Palace at home, he's going to miss. Aston Villa away next week, he's going to miss. Um, and uh, Fulham, Fulham away, he's going to miss. But he could be back for for Luton. So I know it's definitely going to be some playing up top, unless there's yep. a curveball and you know it's Scarlet, which I doubt. Um, but I, I expect it to be some. Mm-hmm. Um, I expect the front three, although. Let me make this very clear to everybody. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. But I expect the front three to be uh, Werner, Son and Kulu. Um, because I, I'll i be honest with you, even though Johnson could probably play both sides and might even get the shot, um, I just don't feel like this is the season where... I feel like this is the season where he should really just be you know, coming off the bench, watching and seeing how things... How Ange wants him to play. And, and mm. you know, taking this as a kind of like learning season as opposed to throwing him in the deep end. Um, and given us what we've received so far. So I think it would be Werner Son, 
Kulu, and I don't like either of the wide players in the that front three that I just mentioned. Because Kulu at wide, I've had enough of it. I think he's I think if I'm being brutally honest, what he showed me in the 10 fills me with more joy than um what I've seen at wide. Because he's he's just too shot shy. You know, like Agreed. and when he does shoot, it's, it's some some next to next to nothing power shot. So I don't like it, but it might have to work. But I will say this. As much as I don't like Werner play style wise, because he doesn't fill me with confidence. Um Son being up top, Werner on the left, there could be something there. It could sustain us. And the only reason I say that is because Werner does this weird kind of take on and tries to flay. It doesn't come off much, but he tries to like, you know, cut back slash flash it across the box. And Son's movement in the box is a blood fire one. Yeah, like what I'm not gonna deny that his movement in the box is ridiculous. And so if Werner can, you know, link up well with him, then I guess we can sustain those three games. If you want my honest opinion, we should be winning all three of those games. The only team that should really scare me is Aston Villa away. That's it. I don't I don't see why Fulham, even though Fulham have had a great season, should be scaring us. And I don't, I don't I most certainly don't see why Crystal Palace at home. Should be yeah. giving us any sort of help, and if he misses the the Luton game, that's another team that I do. How dare you? How dare you think you can travel forty five minutes from your ground to our ground in Tottenham, yeah, and think yeah you're just gonna mash works, and your name is Luton? Are you all right? People have to go through <laughs> houses, yeah, to get to your bloody stand. You must be mad. Now, if we lose to Luton, now if we lose, if we even draw with Luton at home. <laughs> it's gonna, I'm gonna do a madness. <laughs> like I can feel it. I'm gonna do an utter madness. Yeah, because <laughs> how are you letting that cesspit come down to your flipping ground and mash works? It doesn't make sense. So mm. no, I don't think we should be struggling. Son in the nine, we've seen what happens. I don't think Son coming back onto the left hand side really worked, if you want my honest opinion, since he's returned from um international duties, even when he went back onto the left uh towards mm. before the um end of the year. I didn't really think it worked. Richarlison would be a miss because he's a focal point and he actually has done very well the last few games in holding up play and linking up with players. Like, he's done fantastic. That's not Son's game. But what Son can do is obviously stretch the pitch and therefore, you know, we should be capable of causing teams uh, enough problems. But, as always, the team I support always wants to find a way to piss me off. Yeah? And so, that is very likely. Do you know what I actually want Ange to do? This might sound mad. I want him to keep the same midfield. The, the midfield that we started the season with, basically. So, um, Madison, Basuma, and um, uh, Saar. And then I, I actually want him to tell Kulu to to be a free roll. If Kulu wants to drop into the 10, drop into the 10 and let Madison go out to the um, wide position. That's what I want. Because, honest to God, Kulu's pissing me off. <laughs> like, as good as... And I don't think he's been poor this season, by the way. He's been, he's had an okay season, but as of late, I agree. He's been he's been like unwatchable for the most. Let part, the really. shots fly. Like I said in the last podcast, yeah, the goal he scored against Wolves, I think he scores it because he doesn't even get any true conviction on the ball. That's the only reason I think he went to the back of the net. So you mean to tell me if he got conviction on it, would have been saved? I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. So yeah, mm. Mm. I think I agree with you with with um. 
unfortunately, um, I agree with you in terms of what front three he would play. I just my 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 spirit just can't take De Verna, but it's obviously going to be Son up top. Kulu undisputed on that right hand side, um, whether we like it or not. Um, and I fully agree with you with, with Brennan Johnson being an off-the-bench player because he's not good enough to be starting regularly for Spurs. Let's just call it what it is. He's not, he's not really, good enough, he's not good really enough to start regularly for Spurs. And, and it's, it's, a, it's a sad state of affairs that Kulusevsky could be playing as bad as he's playing and we still don't have the confidence that Brennan Johnson to come, can come and take his spot and, and start routinely. But... Um, I'm with you on the midfield continuity. I think we we need to get to a point now where the same midfield are playing over and over and over like they did early on. But Ash, I'm going to ask you a different question now because I don't want to keep it on the front three. I know obviously you have your thoughts on, on Werner and Co and Richie. Um, but I want to talk on, on the defence or just how the team should sort of set up in terms of their shape because Pedro Porro, he's not going to make it this week. So he's going to miss the game against Crystal Palace. Uh, Destiny is potentially touch and go, but he, they said he's trained all week, so I would I would assume that he will start um, against Palace. We obviously saw when we played against Wolves, Ange brought Davies and uh, Emerson into the team, but of course it wasn't hitting the same as it did with with Destiny and Porro expectedly in the inverted roles. So with how bad Davies and Emerson basically implemented the, the the inverted fullback roles. Where would you, like, not even where, how would you set this team up this weekend? Like, would you change the shape? Well, this is, this is what, this is what baffled me about Ange last week. It's like, have you got no more tricks up your sleeve? Like, bro, it's, it's clear to see, right? And we said it in the group chat that it's clear to see like Emerson doesn't suit that 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 way of playing, right? It's not really his fault. Like that's just not. Do you know what I mean? Like, okay, yeah, I get it. I'm not really Emerson's biggest fan, but at the end of the day, you're ask you're putting someone in a position to do something you know he can't do. You're playing someone to their weaknesses. Like, I don't understand it, bro. Like, I, me personally, I've never seen a, a manager in this league invert both fullbacks. I, I've never seen it. I've seen one. I've never seen two. Right, he we what we what I would do is I would probably like I'd probably I'd keep Emerson in the team, right? But I just don't invert. There's no, need to, there's no don't need to invert both of them. If you've got three midfielders, you don't need to invert both of them. You can find a way to play. Bro, Arteta does it. Pep does it. They tend to only really invert one fullback. Mm. So for me. You obviously got to play Emerson, but just don't task him with doing things that you know that is not in his game because the fans are going to get onto his back. The, uh, the crowd will get frustrated. Like, bro, it's just like, come on, man. Let's, let's, it's, it's just common sense, bro. Like, it's, it just don't work. I think, I think that, I think you've, you've made a good point there. And I think that's one of the things that I was really disappointed about against Wolves. And could see that Emerson was just getting his pockets picked every single time, coming into midfield areas and struggling. And you didn't want to do anything to change it. Um, I think with Destiny back in the team, potentially, it, def it definitely does help because he can invert and he does it much better than, than Emerson or and Davies put together, to be honest. But 
it means that Emerson, you let him play as a conventional right back. That's what he does best. Let him play as a conventional right back. Let him be up against his opponent. And then I think, if anything, if we decide to play uh, with a four at the back, use him as a as an overlap or underlap option, man. Crystal Palace, we know what they're gonna. We know what they're gonna do. They're not gonna it, just exactly. There's there, there's no like, bro. There's no need. You've got three man in midfield, right? You've got Kulu who can, you know. Drop in, yeah, right. Madison, Madison can come into deeper positions, right? Like, there's no need, there, there's no need. And so I think, go on, go on, go on. Sorry. To me, this is where the, this is where the manager's got to show, you know, show another side to him, yeah. And I think, I think to, to, to Angus' credit, he's definitely shown flexibility this season and where he wants to pick players and put players and ask and their instructions. So, I don't know, I think there's a, there's a bit of reluctance. Um, when it comes to the to his use of the full of the fullbacks, and I'm hoping that he can sort of tweak it because not inverting one of the fullbacks or or even both of the fullbacks does not mean that you have to change your entire game plan. It really doesn't. You can still play a high pressing game. You can still push the defensive line forward. Okay, great. You may not have the numerical superiority that you want in the midfield, but you can still find ways to make it work. But that was one point. So I think that's. That answers my question in terms of how it could look if we were to play the same formation we've played this season. But has anyone thought of potentially playing a different formation? So I don't think we should change up the formation. Okay, hear me out. Hear me out. So this is one that was pitched to me twice this week. Let me guess. Right? The back three. Back three. Back three of 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 Van der Ven drags. No, back three. Van der Ven, Romero, Dragusin, Kulisewski, wing back. Destiny wing back, and then Saab Basuma in the midfield with Madison slightly ahead, and then you play the two up top and Werner and and Son. It's an option. I I, I would like to. I I, I I'm it, not mad. It'll be not. It'll, it will be nice to see the manager thinking of different ways to, to utilize every player's strengths in this team, right? Yeah. Rather than just saying Emerson, go and do what I know you can't do. Maybe, maybe not. But it doesn't have to be a back three, right? Could be a back four, but just change the instruction slightly, right? I, I don't mind back four, back three, but I think the way Van der Ven and Romero play, I think it makes slightly more sense to stay with a back two, right? I'm not against a back three, but I think it makes more sense to keep it as it is. Just change the instructions a little bit. Mm. Yeah, you're shaking your head. You don't want. You don't like that suggestion at all. Go on. Listen. Why not? I don't mind a manager who's been at a club two, three, four seasons changing his original tactic or his philosophy in, in between games or during games. I have no problems with that. You can switch it up as many times as you want. But any manager that comes, especially in this day and age of football, any manager that comes into a team and says, yeah, this is my philosophy. This is how I want to play football. This is how I expect my team to play football has to actually have a level of stubbornness here that I can respect. So far, Ange has that. Until he changes it, so far he has that. Even Arteta down the road did the same thing. Pep, same. Klopp, even though most fans would try and argue that Klopp, Klopp came and changed his stuff, they all stuck to a particular philosophy that they brought into whatever club they went to. Ange has come in. This is his first season with dispatcher players. This, literally, this is their, their first entire season with this manager. There's no point of even changing it at this point of the season. 
He literally has to stick to his guns. Why? Because by the end of the season, no matter where we finish in the league, so I'm not talking about top four, top five, all this stuff and people saying we need Champions League. Forget all of that. No matter where we finish in the league, by the end of the season, every single player in that squad that's in this current squad right now that's played a full season would have had an entire season's worth of knowledge of this particular philosophy. That's not only in training, but in game management against every single team in the league, home and away, without fail. Now you get into the summer, you go into preseason, and you're like, all right, we did this against Wolves, and this went completely tits up. This is the tactic that we're going to start implementing with the philosophy that you guys already know if we come up against this again. And that's how you tweak. And when you go into that second season, all those teams that you face, the 19 other teams that you face, they'll be like, yes, yeah, Spurs are going to play this particular way because we know they're going to play this particular way. But what they won't be prepared for is the fact that you've had that base that they're all prepared for, but now you've got new tweaks that you've been practicing throughout preseason for these particular teams. And now it's like, all right, cool, we weren't prepared for that. Now we've got 19 home and away games, 38 games in total, of just confusing our position. And that could take us further up the league than it ever will. Right now, we're in a position where we play a particular way. Every single team knows we play a particular way. If we are, like, on job, in particular in a match, yeah, we will smash teams apart, i.e. when Newcastle came to our ground. They got absolutely harammed, yeah? However... When it doesn't go our way, yes, we're going to have games like we did against Wolves or even, even manic games like we did against Aston Villa where we should have won. But this is the part and parcel of like us having to go through an entire season of a brand new manager and a brand new philosophy. If we start mm-hmm. chopping and changing, to me personally, that's the manager telling me and telling every single player that's in the squad, he doesn't believe in his own philosophy. It doesn't... So I don't... I understand what Ashley's saying in the sense of like, telling um, Emerson to kind of drop. That part is fine. But t- changing the formation, yeah, must be mad. I don't want to see a 3-4 or 3-5. I don't want to see none of that till the next season. Next season, if we're like winning, I don't know, 2-3-0 in a game, and he's like, yeah, 45 minutes up, switch that, 3-5-2. Like, or we're coming up against, I don't know, who gave us hell in up? Like maybe a United, because they're they're iffy team to face. Come up against the United and he's like, you know what, I don't really like the kind of control United had in the midfield against us last season. Let's go to a 3-5-2 or 3-4-3 and, you know, give them absolute help. That part I can understand. But when you're doing it at this point of the season, game week 25, game week 26, you're just telling me you don't believe in yourself. You know what happened? Last season, we did this around this same time period, Yeah. Fans weren't happy with the the free five, whatever it was, formation that Conte did. Stellini said, all right, cool. I'm going to switch it to a 4-3-3 or whatever he did. And we we sat there and watched Newcastle absolutely smash us to bits. In half an hour, I swear it was like 4-0. So what do, what do you want me to have to go through? Again, believe in your philosophy. And, or Postman, as you've been nicknamed by me, a.k.a. Scott Hall, you know what I'm saying? I coined that, so take time. Bruv, stick to your philosophy. Don't be changing anything right now, because if you do, I'll be the first man at the doorstep to give you a crazy clothesline from hell. So don't do it. <laughs> Fair enough, man. Fair enough, man. I, I do actually echo a lot of your thoughts. Um, I hear that logic, which is why I said I, I prefer to stick with a back four, because 
Romero van der Ven, they know the partnership, they, yeah. they know the instructions, right? All of a sudden, you throw another defender next to them, it's like, like, what, like, do you know what I mean? We don't have, in terms of changing the formation, that's a big experiment, right? And I don't think right now, we obviously try, we need to try and get top four and try and pick up points. I don't think there's time for experiments too much. Uh, pre-season, they can they can go ahead and do what they want, but I think keep the back four. I just I just change the way he uses those fullbacks. I don't I, I don't think that should be too much of a too much of a change to to, to mm. how how we really play. Mm, fair, fair. I, I, listen, I hear both sides. Me personally, I wouldn't even be mad mad if he if he if he did that just to even give Dragusin a game right, and you're not really comfortable with putting him in a back two or whatever. But same way. I completely agree with you in terms of Ange drilling his style, his methodology, his philosophy into the team. So um, I'll probably side more with, with, with the first opinion, which is I have a player back four, just change the instruction of Emerson. Simple. Simple. Anyway, guys, um, we're coming up to the end of the pod. So I'm going to get your match predictions. What are you going for this weekend against Crystal Palace? <laughs> Ash, I'm going to start with you. I am going to go for. Uh, I'm just trying to think who they've got. I'm I'm probably going to go two one to Spurs. Two one, yeah. Yeah, I'm with Ash on this. I think it'll be two one. I think we score first and they equal us. I'm not going to lie. Feeling that I got a feeling that Jordan Ayew. I don't know why. I got a feeling Ayew's going to score. Destiny's playing this time. Destiny's playing this time. So none of that, none of that business. He didn't Destiny didn't play in the in the reverse fixture. So Destiny's playing this time. So I'm fairly confident he's gonna keep a lid on, on Jordan, Jordan Ayu. Me personally, dare I say, I'm gonna go for a 2-0. I'm gonna go for a clean sheet. I think we got it, we got it in us to get a clean sheet today. I'm gonna go for a, a very deserving 2-0 result. Um and I think that's 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 us today, lads. Uh, Ash Yao, aka Scott Hall. Thanks for for um, giving us and our viewers and slash listeners the time uh, on this week's pod. Appreciate you guys. Um, for those who are still watching or listening, make sure you subscribe to to us across all socials. That's New Spurs Order, one word on Instagram, on Twitter, and on TikTok as well. And make sure you're subscribed uh, to all the Touchline socials as well. So Touchline Frackers on one word, on Instagram, on Twitter. And I think on TikTok as well. I think we are on TikTok. Yes, definitely on TikTok. Um, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple, make sure you give us a five-star review as well. If you're watching on YouTube, just drop a comment. Let us know your thoughts as well. Man, them, hope you enjoy your weekend. Hopefully Spurs Take care, Have a good weekend, man. Take care. Take care. Peace out and up Spurs. Is that the cost of the Yes! 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.